broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio on this Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023, coming off the heels of the Aviators game. Normally, we're coming off the heels of JT the Brick, which is followed uh, right after the morning tailgate with uh, Vinny Bonsignor, Lindsey Brown, of course, Clay Baker, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., and then we have JT from noon to 2, and myself and DeMond roll in from 2 to 5, but we had Aviators baseball on, so JT was not heard today, and we come in a little bit later than we expected. We thought we'd be on the air by 3 o'clock, but here we are, 3.17 on the dot, and we're ready to rock and roll. Excited about the show that we have lined up for you this afternoon. It's going to be a short show, but that's okay. We're going to get right after it. Got some couple good guests coming up on the show in a matter of minutes. We'll start our guests rolling in, and then, of course, we'll hear from you as well throughout the course of the show on the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. Chris Cartman, sundevilsource.com. He'll join us coming up in about uh, 13 minutes from now. Talk all things Nesta J. Silvera. He's a seventh-round pick out of Arizona State. He's a guy that I actually went to Miami for the first four years of his college career and then transferred to Arizona State, and the Raiders picked him up in the seventh round. And I wanted to get him on and get uh, get Chris on to talk about Nesta only because there's been a lot of conversation. As soon as the Raiders drafted him, I got a text message from somebody who covers Miami. It was like, yeah, good luck with that guy, right? He's a little bit of a loose wire. He's a little bit, you know, not... Not anything bad off the field, but he's just one of those guys that may get a, you know, he, he plays a little close to the edge. Let's, let's put it like that. He, he goes 100 miles an hour all the time, may get a personal foul penalty here and there. And so he said, just just good luck with that guy. And so there's been a little bit of pushback and people are like, well, what do you mean by that, Q? What do you mean? I said, look, I don't know him. I don't know Nesta J. Silvera. He was not on my radar. So we've got to do a little bit of a deep dive. So Chris Cartman, SunDevilSource.com, will join us in about, like I said, 13 minutes from now uh, to talk all things Nesta J. Silvera and, and find out exactly what that means. You know, what, what kind of guy is he? What is he going to bring to the table when you're a seventh-round pick? It's very hard to make the squad. But we saw last year, Thayer Mumford out of Ohio State, seventh-round pick, made the squad. So this, this staff, I believe if they draft you, they, that, that shows that they believe in you. They're not just drafting you just to draft you. They think that there's a chance that you can make something happen, and that's a good thing. And if he goes into camp and he earns his spot, then so be it. He's a defensive tackle. Obviously, the the room at the D-tackle position is pretty full, but that doesn't mean that he can't earn a spot. So coming up in a few minutes, Chris Cartman, SunDevilSource.com. We'll talk all things Nesta Jade Silvera, the seventh-round pick from Arizona State. Then coming up at 4 o'clock, very excited about this conversation, Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl. And the Raiders went and dipped into the Senior Bowl quite a bit. They got six guys that were in Mobile, Alabama. Remember, they drafted nine. But six guys that were there in Mobile, they actually drafted. And I say six. Tyree Wilson was there in attendance. He didn't participate. He didn't do anything. He was the first-round pick, number seven overall out of Texas Tech. He was coming off that foot surgery. But he did meet with... You know, uh, the different scouts out there, different coaches out there, different GMs out there. So uh, literally six guys out of the nine that they selected were in Mobile, Alabama for one way or, or one shape, one how. Right. They either were out there participating in the practice week, participating in the game, or they were meeting with scouts, coaches and GMs. And of course, Patrick Graham and other coaches from the Raiders staff were there in attendance. And, and Patrick Graham was the was the head coach of one of the squads there out there in Mobile, Alabama. So they took advantage. And one of the things, DeMond, that I want to really ask Jim about is, 
just the participation from the NFL coaching staffs, right? Like the Raiders, you remember a few years ago, back in 2019, when they had their coaches there and they selected a lot of the players. Now this year, you fast forward to 2023, Patrick Graham is there. They have other uh, coaches on the staff that are there out there in Mobile, Alabama, and they select a bunch of players. Is there going to be more of a push from teams that that are on the coaching staffs to go and get the guys that they had a whole week that they got to spend time with. I really do think that this is an opportunity for these players to really show what they can, they can do. And with the coaches that are actually there coaching them up, they can go a long way. Yeah, also, the Raiders, they're in, t- they're in second place, but you got two teams tied for first, the Colts and the Chargers that drafted seven players there. Yeah. So for me, and then you got three other teams that drafted five, four other teams that drafted five players that went to Senior Bowl. So for me, I want to talk about the actual prospects. How important is it for them? I know the coaches, yeah. you get a good look at them, but it see it shows that, hey, man, that's about, what, 50 players, if you do the math real quick, <laughs> right. that, that got drafted because they went to the Senior Bowl, and obviously not including the stellar underclassmen that we all know, hey, that guy's going in the first round even though he's an underclassman. You know, and the thing about it is I also believe like you look at Trey Tucker the wide receiver out of Cincinnati I think that they have an opportunity to go to the senior bowl be coached up by NFL coaches that are going to put them in an NFL system right so I always talk about even like say Hendon Hooker and I said well the Josh Heupel offense is is so easy at Tennessee you know it's 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 one read and you're done okay so if a guy like that goes to the senior bowl and they put him in a pro style offense how does he pick that up because it gives them an opportunity to showcase something that they haven't done in college I think that also helps them in the draft selection yeah also Hendon Hooker at quarterback we see it with receivers when it comes to running routes yeah. we could say Jalen Hyatt his best target in Tennessee so it's not just the quarterbacks I'm glad you mentioned that because when people say can Hendon Hooker can he adapt they had a whole week coaches down there to see right. hey can he adapt draw this on the board because I think too much we put a lot of stock into the pre-draft meetings where he met with this team or he met with that team and that's good for you know that team personnel to meet them one on one but I think leading up you know maybe two weeks before the draft they know because of all of these all-star games what these players are capable of not so much how, how it's going to translate to the next level but the mind that they're working with there's no doubt there's no doubt so Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl he'll join us at 4 o'clock very excited about that conversation then at 4.30 John Taffer. Yeah, that John Taffer. Bar Rescue John Taffer will join the show, and he'll be here in studio. I'm excited about John Taffer. Damon, I don't know if you know, I don't watch a lot of TV. I really don't. That I do know. I don't watch a lot of TV. There's a couple shows that I do watch, though, and I watch them religiously. Law & Order SVU, I think everyone knows that, and Bar Rescue. Bar Rescue is my jam. (laughs) <laughs> Bar Rescue is my show. I will watch that. I love when he's like, this is filthy. Shut it down. I mean, I, he gets so angry. He's going to be in the room here with us. I'm excited about that. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm also a Bar Rescue fan because, for me, the stress test, that's my favorite part. Oh, yeah. When it's they just, always fail. Yeah, they always <laughs> fail the stress test. But, yeah, that initial where he sends in a couple of people to do the recon. And it's wait, hold on. If we establish, wait, I just thought of something. If we establish a relationship with John Taffer when he's in the building, can we be the guys that he sends in on recon? Ooh, hold up, brother. Hold you up, were serving brother. my friends undercooked chicken. <laughs> do you know what Demond will do if he has undercooked chicken? And he's gonna be sick. Right. Shut it down. <laughs> oh yeah. Wait, we've got to. We've got to establish this. Right? When he gets in, do not forget, we've got to establish this. If we can become the friends that he sends in for recon, I'll be recon. You ain't got to pay me. 30 minutes to get a drink that's not looking good. <laughs> me and you will be up there talking, uh, John, this is what's going on, man. I'm, I don't know. This margarita I'm, I'm looking at, it doesn't look like much of a margarita. Like, are you? I'm excited about that. We've got to sell that. Come on, it's got to be me and you, like Starsky and Hutch. 
Now just well, we can talk about that when the time gets here. But now I'm just in the mode of Q knows all the things about Cadillac. <laughs> He's Mr. Cadillac Margarita. <laughs> You're gonna tell him that's how you make a Cadillac Margarita. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we can become famous. <laughs> So John Taffer is going to join us. We tell you that to tell you. He's going to join us at 4.30 here in studio. He's going to bring a buy his bourbon. He has his own brand of bourbon, and he's going to bring it to the building. So he'll be here, and that's why we have him scheduled at 4.30. Because if we had him scheduled at 3.30, we might be in some trouble. A little something, so right? That might be a little bit of a problem. But uh, we're excited to be with you for the next, I don't know, about hour and a half of the show. It's going to go by so fast just because we're getting a late start. But did want to uh, let you know the guests we have. Chris Cartman in a few minutes, SunDevilSource.com, Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl at 4, and, of course, John Taffer is going to shut it down from Bar Rescue at 4.30. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. So I throw this out there, the question that I want to bring to the table, and you can hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R, of course, 702-365-9200 when we don't have a guest on the show, and we do have one coming up in a matter of minutes with Chris Cartman, sundevilsource.com. I want to throw this out there, Damon. Is there a free agent out there that you'd like to see the Raiders pursue? Right? You know the draft class. You know what they did in free agency? Now they have about, what, $16 million in, in cap space after the restructure of Chandler Jones' contract. They need about $7 million for the, the draft class. So you kind of know what kind of wiggle room they have. We talked about positions that might not be filled yet, positions that Raider Nation is still a little bit concerned about. So, okay, if you take those concerns and you think about free agents that are out there, is there a free agent or two that you look at and say, you know what? That'll be a really good fit with the silver and black. For example, Rocky Yassin, our guy Jordan Schultz, hit me up. Tomorrow we were having lunch, and Jordan Schultz sent the text, said, hey, Rocky Yassin is going to Baltimore. So Rocky Yassin, who was a member of the, of the silver and black uh, last season, he is now in Baltimore as a Baltimore Ravens cornerback. So he's making that move. And there's going to be teams that make moves now and sign free agents because the compensatory period is over. So if you sign a free agent now, they don't count against the compensatory period. So uh, the Raiders, who had two comp picks in this last draft, it looks like they're going to get zero comp picks in this next draft just because they signed more free agents than, than they actually had free agents signed from their team. So again, I throw it out there, and you can hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R, 702-365-9200 when we don't have a guest on the show. Is there a free agent out there that you'd like to see the Raiders pursue? And, and I'll say this, Demond, the one, I'll, uh, the one name I'll throw out there, and I'm a little reluctant to throw it out there only because he's been injured quite a bit and he's getting a little bit older. I'll, I'll throw out Marcus Peters. I'll throw Marcus Peters out. I know we've had that suggestion a couple times on the show. He's just coming off of injuries. But if he goes in and they give him a one-year deal, similar to what they did with like Anthony Averett last season, if they give him a one-year deal and they take him to camp and he earns his spot, then cool. Right? I'll, I'll, I'll roll with that. You know that he's a guy that can make plays. I think that cornerback is still a position that needs to be addressed. And I think that he's still young enough to be good, but he's, you know, he's still an older veteran, similar to kind of like what Casey Hayward was when, when the Raiders signed him pretty late in their free agency period. I think, he could still, I think he still has a little bit of burn in him, and it won't force a young dude out there immediately. So I'm going to roll with Marcus Peters as the free agent that he's still out there available. If Dave Ziegler can pick up the phone, make a call, and he comes in at a cheaper rate, I can see that being a, a, a good fit with the silver and black. But I also kind of, a, I guess, a, 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 not a bad note when it comes to Marcus Peters. He's much better as a zone corner, not really a press man corner. 
right? He'd rather have his eyes on the backfield. And that's why he gets burned sometimes because he has his eyes on the quarterback and he's looking to see where the ball goes so he can go make a play on it. So he's better at the zone, but he's still a guy that makes plays. So I'll go ahead, and that's the guy I'll rock with right now, Marcus Peters. I'll have to go through more of the free agents that may be available and come up with a couple more names, but I want to hear from you, Raider Nation. 69187, keyword R&R, and again, 702-365-9200. Is there a free agent out there? Maybe even two free agents if you want. If you're feeling froggy, feel free to leap. It's all good. Free agent or two out there that you'd like to see the Raiders pursue now that the draft is in the books and, well, you kind of know what the roster looks like as it's sitting there at 90 men. And remember, if they go out and make a move for a free agent, they're sitting at 90 right now, they'd have to release somebody, which, of course, that's going to happen before they all get back to training camp. But if there's a free agent out there that you'd like to see the Raiders pursue, let us know about it. 69187, keyword R&R, and also 702-365-9200. Coming up next, Chris Cartman, SunDevilSource.com. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Through the question out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187 keyword r is there a free agent out there that you'd like to see the Raiders pursue? You kind of know what the roster looks like, right? You know who they drafted. You know who they signed in free agency. And you kind of know where the holes are because we talked about it on yesterday's show. You know, where do you think is still a, a position of need for the silver and black? And I, I threw out the name Marcus Peters. If he's healthy... If you give him a deal that's reasonable and he goes in and earns a spot in training camp, I'm good. I'm good with it. But really, we got this text on the dobybroke.com text line that I really like, and I don't know why. I really don't, Damon. I have no idea why I didn't think of this player myself. Resign Deron Harmon. He'll be perfect for mentoring Chris Smith and helping this dif- defense continue to earn and learn how to study the tape. No doubt. That is the best answer right there. Chris Smith, in my opinion, the safety out of Georgia is Deron Harmon. He's a young Deron Harmon. So who would be better to kind of coach him up and the rest of the guys, especially in the secondary, than Deron Harmon? Like, you could leave Marcus Peters out, out, out on the outskirts. Never mind, right? <laughs> if I had to pick one of the two, Deron Harmon or Marcus Peters, I'm rolling with, with Deron Harmon every day. All right, here's my answer. I think that was more of like they probably were thinking about it like a re-signing. That's why I didn't, Deron Harmon didn't cross my mind. Linebacker, that was we, my bad. That was my bad. We always hear about it. For me, Miles Jack. He's one of those guys. So? I still think that he's young enough that, man, I, you know, it's one of those untapped potential guys mm-hmm. where now he's like 27, 28. Maybe it's not the untapped potential. Maybe he's just not as good as he was projected to be following those ACL injuries. But he's still one of those guys. He can play inside linebacker. He can play outside linebacker. And he's just one of those athletic freaks that I would roll the dice on him. I mean, I don't know how much money he's commanded on the market. Yeah. I don't think that much. So after he played just about every game in Pittsburgh last year, I'd bring him in as well because he's just one of those guys. For me, yeah. that, at, out of college, UCLA played yeah. running back, played linebacker. Right. He this did guy's everything. amazing. He yeah, did everything. So he's just one of those guys, like just being a fan of him, I don't want to give up on his NFL career. It's so funny that you say that because I remember when he was coming out of school at UCLA, I had friends. I was at the draft. I believe it was the draft in Arlington. I was at the draft, and a lot of my friends were hitting me up saying, the Raiders got to go get Miles Jack. And I kept saying, no, he's got knee problems. Right, he's got bone on bone. Remember, that was the big, oh, bone on bone. He's not going to be healthy. And so I kept saying, no, no, that's a bad idea, bad idea. And then all of a sudden he goes, the Jaguars select him. Uh, he plays for a while with them. He gets a nice little contract with them. Played last year in Pittsburgh, like you mentioned. And now we're talking about him years later. We're talking about Miles Jack. So maybe I should have cut the middleman out let him go get him a long time ago. It's just so funny that you bring Miles Jack up. So I like that. That's a really good one. Jerron Harmon's a really good one. I think Marcus Peters is a good one as well. But like I said, you got to earn that spot. He's getting older. He's been injury prone. And I just want to make sure that, one, he's healthy and he fits in the system. Again, he's really a zone corner, a guy that likes to keep his 
So I don't know how well he'll fit with Patrick Graham with what he wants to do, but we do know he knows how to make plays at the end of the day. So that's why I threw him out there. But those are some good good names to start us off. So hit us up, 69187, keyword r Again, is there a free agent out there that you'd like to see the Raiders pursue? Join us now on the phone lines from sundevilsource.com. We're going to talk all things Nesta Jade Silvera is our guy Chris Cartman. And Chris, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. And Chris was a, he was a, or Nesta, excuse me, Nesta was a seventh round pick out of Arizona State by way of Miami. He spent four years in Miami. Then he transferred to Arizona State. And I'll tell you, I don't know a whole lot about him. So what can you say about Nesta Jade Silvera? Uh, He's a character. He's passionate. Uh, very sort of engaging, uh, dynamic personality, really enjoyed kind of interacting with him. Uh, he pushed back uh, by asking questions of his own when reporters uh, spoke with him about different things. Also, um, uh, has a good motor. Uh, there were some questions out there that I saw from other people about like wondering like how hard he played or uh, how, how, how passionate he is for the game, but I really didn't see those as being limiting factors. Um, he likes to get out and run for a D tackle. He's a guy who wants to be able to go chase down uh, running backs or screens, quarterbacks, uh, you know, from the backside. Um, he, he likes, he enjoys not just kind of being in there, banging around in the trenches, but actually doing some other things. And, um, you know, so there's, there's a lot of things about, uh, you know, his his passion that I think uh, convey both on and off the field. You know, it's funny. You mentioned him being a character and everything. And, and I saw the video of him squirting Caleb Williams, the USC quarterback, uh, at the end of the game after USC had just had a hell of a day and Caleb had had a hell of a day. And you don't really see that. You don't see the, the water bottle squirt of a, an opponent without, especially without a penalty. But apparently he didn't get a penalty on that. Had you ever seen that when he uh, when he had that move on Caleb Williams? Oh, yeah. No, that that was uh, widely discussed when it happened, and uh, that very much was in keeping with the type of personality that that he is. He's a jokester. Uh, go to practices all the time. He's the guy. He's the rah rah guy, talking smack, but in a lighthearted way. You know, never really t- t- typically too serious about it. Um, but also, what I saw from him is he's kind of passionate about uh, interacting with uh, coaches and teammates and trying to figure out like new and different sort of techniques and things that he can incorporate into his game. ASU's defensive line coach uh, last season was Robert Rodriguez, who's now the Arizona Cardinals defensive line coach. He's a very good coach. And Silvera would, would be there even sometimes before practices working on certain things with his hand, how to fire his hands or, uh, you know, different types of techniques um, that, you know, I think were also sort of good signs about his interest in football. Again, we're talking with Chris Cartman from SunDevilSource.com here on Radio Nation Radio 920. It's funny uh, that you mentioned, I, you know, I got to share this story with you. As soon as he got drafted in round seven, immediately, I mean, it wasn't like two minutes after the Raiders had, had put the card in and, and called his name on the draft, I got a text from a guy who covers Miami and basically said, good luck with him, right? And he plays a little <laughs> reckless at times. Uh, there may be a personal foul here and there. Uh, but it sounds like from your, your, your standpoint, he's just kind of like a passionate jokester and not really any harm or any fouls there with uh, with with Silvera. Well, look, he does have the the uh, occasional time when he runs a little bit hot, okay, right? But, okay, and, and and that can manifest in terms of a face mask or some other type of a penalty. So I'm not saying that's not the case, right? But I think you'd you'd much rather have a guy that you have to rein in a little bit 
then you have to like coax to be to be passionate and hungry and, and show something on the football field. And as guys, I think kind of mature and grow up a little bit um that also sort of ages well so um yeah okay fine there's some some instances of you know things that you go okay that was kind of a little bit of a knucklehead move or whatever but i don't i don't view it as uh someone who's uh ill-intentioned or bad character guy or anything along those lines well and then when you mentioned that you know he kind of pushes back with with reporters and may ask questions that also makes sense because you know maybe it was a a guy out of miami that was getting you know getting a few questions pushed back maybe that that rubbed him the wrong way so i I can see and you you've covered sports long enough you know there's certain guys that don't really like to be challenged like that yeah i mean uh you know you go through 20 years as i have of covering college sports and you see your share of those types of, of things. I think even more so the these these uh, younger guys now, uh, they're not going to just sit there and like act like they're like in a fishbowl and you're poking and prodding them. Like right. they're going to have their opinions and push back and say things, which I personally don't mind mm-hmm. because uh, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the game closely enough to be able to give you the examples and and uh, put things into the appropriate context. So uh, you know he he may because you know going in you know your seventh rounder you know, your rookie, you know, that there, there's, there's the possibility of him, uh, you not walking enough on the eggshells, if you will. Right. Um, and that causing some issues, but I, I again, like just the, the, the fact that he's, you know, I, I know he's going to show up every day and, uh, practice hard and do a lot of the things that people are going to want to see. And so, I, you know, I'd rather have that than, than the opposite. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. I always say I'd rather uh, tell a guy to have to rein it in a little bit than have to push him to try to uh, play harder or be a little bit more passionate about anything. So, yeah, I'm with you 100%. Again, Chris Cartman is our guest from SunDevilSource.com. We're talking all things about Nesta J. Silvera. He was the seventh-round pick for the Silver and Black over draft weekend. And, you know, again, he, he's a guy that was in Miami for multiple years and transferred to Arizona State. Was that just a matter of wanting to play one more year uh, in college due to the COVID year, or was that just, you know, there's a better opportunity for him to thrive and really get the most out of himself there at Arizona State? Yeah, what he said was uh, he felt like there were some things that he could do to refine his game a little bit more. Mm. And Rodriguez, having been uh, previously with the Vikings as assistant D-line coach, was somebody that he connected with and told him straight up, like, there's things that you need to be better at before you go try to play at the next level. And that that um, is something that he really sort of embraced, which is also sort of a good sign, right? He's not looking to just be told things that make him feel good and take the path of least resistance. He actually wanted to go somewhere where he thought he'd be able to get better. And then he showed that he was going to actually do that. So and look, there, there's things about him that still need work. Um, right. I think he's a little bit too narrow at times with his feet. Uh, he has the ability to kind of get run out of run out of position uh, because of that. You know, where where offensive linemen kind of take hit, take him where they're going in terms of blocking. Uh, you know, sometimes he's not going to sit in uh, and, and sink enough and be able to just kind of anchor down. That's a little bit of of, a, of an issue, I think. Uh, you know, but he's not going to be like a big pass rushing. Uh, you know, uh, gap exploiting type of an interior tackle either. Um, so he's, he's to me, he's somewhat of a tweener between a nose and a three tech. 
uh, stylistically, which I think also probably contributed to him falling down to the seventh. Right. And uh, I mean, again, he, he was selected. You know, he's he's currently with the silver and black and he's got an opportunity now to go to camp and obviously earn a spot. And, you know, just kind of looking at his numbers uh, in 2022 out of 12 games played, 10 started. He still had four and a half tackles for loss and a, and a sack and a half. So he seemed like when he got the opportunity, he kind of made the most of it. Do you see him as a guy who you feel like is continuing to get better? Or do you think he kind of is where he is at this point? No, he actually um, clearly has areas where he's going to get better with his game. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, he, like I said before, he likes to be able to go hunt players in, that are kind of in range. But mm-hmm. then what happens is sometimes he'll get overzealous and he'll get himself out of position when he's just, when he's just responsible for an interior gap. You know what I mean? And so you you have to be able to kind of have that, uh, that ability to, you know, kind of understand what your role is and service that as opposed to trying to make a play. Uh, I, I think again, like his feet sometimes, uh, don't get wide enough, doesn't get a strong enough base, and then he's able to kind of get turned uh, with his shoulder pads, and, and then that allows people to kind of run at him a little bit or, or kind of take him, um, you know, where he's already kind of headed if that if that matches the blocking scheme. So um, you know, there, there's, there's areas where I think he absolutely will get better, um, but, uh, you know, and I think he wants to get better. I, I, you know, another part of this is that he realizes that he's not a finished product and that there's a lot more things that he can absorb uh, to kind of improve. Now, at the same time, he's not, he's not like a super high ceiling guy right. because um, you know, he doesn't have like the frame or the length that you would typically associate with somebody who's going to have a lot more physical developments or, um, and you know, he, he's, he is sort of a in-between guy, from a, you know, which, where are you going to actually line him up standpoint? He's not that big, bigger, you know, more imposing guy that you want in a, a G-Shade or one tech or whatever. And, and he's also not, not really a three tech um, type of a guy. So, you know, but maybe that also is, it has a benefit in that if he's like, you know, you're forced to be tackle, right. Then mm-hmm. he's able to kind of come in and service, a role depending on what you need at a position where you probably are going to rotate guys more than pretty much anywhere else on the field. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Again, Chris Cartman is our guest from sundevilsource.com. We just have a couple more questions for you, and the Raiders actually have uh, some Sun Devil connections right now within the building. Darian Butler, undrafted free agent a year ago as a linebacker, yep. and linebackers coach uh, Antonio Pierce, who was there at uh, Arizona State at one point as, I believe, defensive coordinator. Didn't he get all the way up to defensive coordinator uh, before he, he, he left the program? So so, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. watched those guys uh, quite closely over the years. Um, Antonio Pierce, very good linebackers coach. Um, and he ended up being a co-coordinator with Marvin Lewis. And then he, um, in the last year, he was the play caller uh, himself. And I think he did a good job in that role. Also, Darian Butler is, was just a uh, an absolute pro, even while he was still in college. Like, he's a guy who just always showed up, did his 111s, Never had a big mouth, was a great teammate, always was sort of uh, the example that you will, if you will, on the field. And I think that he improved his body quite a bit over the last year to two years 
of his career, which um, sort of enabled him to squeeze out enough athleticism that he could translate all the other skills that he has uh, to being able to make a roster, which was great to see. Yeah, I mean, he made the roster as an undrafted free agent, you know, and got some pretty good burn uh, his rookie year with the silver and black. And I'm expecting, especially with the linebacking room, not being super uh, big and, and super talented, I would say, at the time. I think he has an opportunity, him and uh, Luke Masterson, who both made it as undrafted free agents, think they'll have an opportunity to shine this upcoming year. I did want to go real quick back to Antonio Pierce, though. Is he a guy that you think is going to continue to climb the coaching ranks? He just, I only talked to him a few times last Last year, he was made available to the media. He just seems like he's got that that it about a guy who can end up being a coach at the highest level of and, and the highest level of coaching if he so wants to. Well, yeah, he you know did it at the highest level as a player, yep. Super Bowl champion with the Giants, um, and he understands the game at a very high level. Uh, he, he gets uh, everything related to what you need to do schematically uh you know the 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 i've had conversations with him that were extremely sort of uh, uh in depth in terms of his 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 philosophical perspective on football um i think he also does a good job in terms of um you know uh, how he sort of presses on guys mm-hmm. like it, it's it's uh he, there's an intensity to him but not in a way that I don't think rubs people the wrong way, like players and stuff. So um, yeah, there's no, for, for my money, I mean, there's no reason why a guy like that who was, did a pretty good job as a uh, defensive coordinator in college and understands the NFL game uh, <laughs> quite thoroughly, uh, doesn't have that, that upside ability. He's not, he's also um, not that old of a guy. He's still in his 40s. So, um, you know, there's, there's, I, I, I feel like, um, you know, he'll be able to be a linebackers coach in the NFL as long as he wants. And when that's the case, you're, you're, you're probably going to get some nibbles to be able to move up beyond that. Yeah, no doubt. He just, again, his energy that he, he, you know, showed when he talked to us a couple times in the media, I thought was awesome. I thought he had a real opportunity uh, to be a coach that players are going to like, because again, like you mentioned, he did it on the highest level, won a Super Bowl there with the Giants. So he's very relatable to players coming up. And, you know, again, Darian Butler, obviously he had a lot of say in, in getting Darian here in Las Vegas. So that's pretty cool. So Chris, fantastic stuff, my man. Really is. I just wanted to do a little bit of a, a deep dive on Nesta Jade Silvera. Uh, definitely appreciate it. What do you guys got going on there uh, with the Sun Devils? I'm sure spring ball is over and you're getting ready for uh, for fall coming right around the corner. Yeah, crazy stuff. Uh, <laughs> ASU had 50 new scholarship players. Wow which is uh, unprecedented. So it's basically just kind of learning the roster, how everybody fits in transitioning to, uh, you know, recruiting for the next class and uh, kind of enjoying the, the less busy months of the year. I bet. I bet. Well, enjoy my man, get a little bit of rest when you can. And I know you'll have all Arizona state Sun Devil uh, sports covered like a glove. Definitely appreciate your time this afternoon. No doubt. Thanks a lot. Chris Carbon, SunDevilSource.com, joins us here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Just giving you a little bit of a background on Nesta Jade Silvera. Look, he's a seventh-round pick. We know the reality of it. Seventh-round picks are very hard to make the roster, but if you get all you need is a chance. Like I talk about it all the time. All you need is an opportunity. All you need is that chance. If you can get your foot in the door, you can go in there and do what you're supposed to do. And he obviously, as Chris just laid out really well, he runs hot. And as long as you don't get yourself in too much, you know, too much, too many issues. Personal foul penalties is something that you can't do, right? You just got to make sure that you you can you can toe that line, but you can't go over the line. 
if you know what I mean. So many thanks to Chris Carbon, SunDevilSource.com. We'll come back. We'll close out the, I guess, first hour of the show. Is there a free agent out there that you'd like to see the Raiders pursue? Let us know about it. 702-365-9200 and 69187, keyword R&R. That's the Dolbybroke.com text line. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up at the top of the hour, Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl will join the show to talk all things Senior Bowl and how the Raiders dipped into it. And six guys that were in attendance in Mobile, Alabama are now guys that were drafted. They drafted nine guys. Six of them were there in Mobile. So we'll talk to Jim Nagy coming up at 4 o'clock. But I threw the question out there. Is there a free agent out there that you'd like to see the Raiders pursue now that it's all said and done? The draft is in the books. Early free agent period is in the books. Got a lot of feedback already. Jim from Yonkers, Deron Harmon. There may be someone after the June 1st cuts, preferably a linebacker. Ravens just declined the fifth-year option on Patrick Queen. What do you think? Warriors making things difficult. Maybe just not as talented as they used to be. Thanks for a great show. Jim from Yonkers, Deron Harmon. That was mentioned earlier. I think that that'd be a good addition. I really do. Patrick Queen, they did decline his fifth-year option. The Baltimore Ravens, that is. Maybe maybe Dave Ziegler picks up the phone and sees what it takes to go get him. Or maybe they just say, hey, we're going to give you the Josh Jacobs treatment. Make him go out there and, and, and ball out if he wants to get a contract extension. They just gave Roquan Smith a super long contract extension. Big-time money, $100 million. So I doubt that they're going to pay a couple linebackers that. He just came off his best season as a pro. If, if the price is right, I would have no problem with that. The Warriors, we'll get into that conversation later. Shout-out to the Lakers. Got to give them big ups. The way that they won the game last night is basically how I said I felt like they were going to win the game was with their size. So the Warriors got to make some adjustments, but I think it's going to be a really good series. So shout-out to all the Lakers fans because I know people like Vegas Pete were hitting me up. Oh, they don't have no answer for Anthony Davis. Like, I said that before the show started. I said that they've got the size. It's up to the Lakers to to, to keep doing what they do, and it's up to the Warriors to, to make some adjustments. So, uh, Jim, thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you, Mailman Raider. Q, I'm not even going to bring up Ngakwe. You know I love me some Ngakwe, but I got a couple names. I know it's a long shot because we don't keep them last year, but Casey Hayward is out there. And how about John Johnson? Uh, I don't know what happens with him in Cleveland, but he was a big ticket free agent a couple years ago and is only 27. Isaiah Wynn is also out there, uh, who McDaniels has experience with. That's from Mailman Raider. And I'll tell you right now, I'll start with Ngakwe. He is out there. And I'll just leave it there. He is out there. I would have no problem if they pursued him. I wouldn't have any problem with that at all. I know that they traded him last year, but this is this year. And he is available. Why not? Right? If you make a run at him. Maybe, you know, throw him a little bit of change, see what he's talking about. He's still a pass rusher that you know is going to get you eight sacks a year. Like, that's the one thing I can guarantee you about Unique Ngakwe. He's going to give you eight sacks a year. So you add that to your season total, I think anyone would take that. I'm all right with that. One more quick text. Hey, Q, I think the Raiders should go after Ronald Darby and maybe Dalton Reisner. Two positions of need. 3.55 is the time. When we come back, we'll be talking to Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl. He puts everything together. He'll join us as we kick off the 4 o'clock hour on Raider Nation Radio 920.